Good morning. I'm very happy to be teaching on anger today because um, anger has been something that has been a huge part of my life. Um, I've actually lived in anger for probably about 20 years. Um, so to be speaking on anger is something that I really believe that, you know, Jesus wanted me to speak about. Um, and it's been interesting. It's been interesting this week because there's been quite a few things and I knew there was going to be a few things that was going to go, going to come up and make me feel a bit irritated. But I've been able to reflect on those things and been quite happy with myself and obviously the Holy Spirit that, you know, I deal with things a lot differently to how I used to deal with things. Although I still am not perfect, you know, I'm on a journey with anger and I'm just so thankful to the Holy Spirit for teaching me and to bring, to, to bringing me to this place today. So, yes, here we go. Um, so Matthew 5, I'm going to I'm going to read a little bit of it um, and then go through it, um, open it up and explain it. So it says, you have heard that it was said to our people long ago, you must not murder anyone. Anyone who murders another will be judged. But I tell you, if you are angry with your brother or sister, you will be judged. If you say bad things to your brother and sister, you will be judged by the council. And if you call someone a fool, you will be in danger of the fire of hell, which is pretty much everything there was what I used to do. Um, so anger, is it a natural emotion? Is it something that we're allowed to have? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a natural emotion. Um, I believe that anger is the most powerful emotion we have. We have. Anger is not a sin. If you're angry, you are not sinning. It's however, what you do with the unresolved anger could turn into a sin. For example, if we look at what happened with um, Cain and Abel um, and with Joseph and his brothers, one story resulted in death, whereas another story resulted in reconciliation. Um, I'll talk about Cain and Abel first, Genesis 4 to, from three, sorry, Genesis chapter four, verses three to eight. In the biblical book of Genesis, Cain and Abel are the first two sons of Adam and Eve. Cain, the firstborn, was a farmer and his brother Abel was a shepherd. The brothers made sacrifices to Yahweh, each of his, each of his own produce. But Yahweh favoured Abel's sacrifice instead of Cain's. Cain then murdered Abel, whereupon Yahweh punished Cain by condemning him to a life of wandering. Cain then dwelt in the land of Nod, Nod meaning wandering, so he wandered for the rest of his life. Basically, Cain was exiled by God. And that is, we last, that is the last we hear of him in the Bible, whereas Abel is in heaven forever with God. Things we know about Cain, Cain, he worshipped himself. He, had, he, he listened to self-will. Um, he was angry with God. He refused to bring a sin offering, the first sin offering, and he murdered his brother because of unresolved anger, not because he was angry, but because of the unresolved anger that grew inside of him. He also lied to God. Abel was put to death by his brother. He was a shepherd. He was the complete opposite to what his brother was. He brought his first, um, his, the offering, his first offering to Jesus. He was a worshipper, uh, sorry, to God. He was a worshipper of God. And he was a very, very righteous man. When you look at that story um, and you think about what happened, like I said earlier, anger is an emotion we are allowed to have. But 
Cain turned, let that anger turn into something that it shouldn't have been. So it wasn't anger that killed Abel. It was, it was what was the unresolved anger. So Cain did with the anger, he had a detrimental effect on his brother. By murdering him, it had a detrimental effect on his family and himself. Cain's wrong choices killed Abel, not anger, his wrong choices from anger, from being angry and letting it brew and letting it manifest and not healing from it. So if we look at the story from the Bible, that it ends so differently about Joseph. Um, I've lost my scripture. Where's it gone? Sorry, one second. I think it was Genesis 50. I can't remember the chapter. I don't know whether you could look that up, Rich. Sorry, it's disappeared off my screen. Brief account. Okay, yeah, so Joseph's story ended, ended completely differently. Um, just a brief description on Joseph. Um, his, he had, his 10 older brothers conspired against him and sold him to slave traders while telling his father the boy had been mauled by an animal. Joseph had been given dreams of God's plan for his life. So with confidence and strength, he endured the pain and emotions from what his brothers did. So God was helping him even through those times where his brothers had been so evil to him. Now I'm pretty sure he must have been angry when thinking about what his brothers had done to him over years, because it was years before he sort of come face to face with them again. So, you know, there could have been years of anger being built up and turned into something it shouldn't have been. But I think that, you know, the dreams from God really, really helped him because he, he soaked into God with it rather than into his, his own feelings. Despite being sold into slavery by his brothers, Joseph rises to power in Egypt and saves his family from famine. Joseph's calm and gracious response to his brother, brother's betrayal introduces the pattern of forgiveness and redemption that characterizes the survival of the Israelite people throughout the Old Testament. By Joseph forgiving his brothers and not harboring anger and reacting to his mo emotions of anger, he eventually reconciled to his brothers helping them. Also, and most importantly, his forgiveness and grace characterized the survival of the Israelite people throughout the Old Testament. In my opinion, being free from anger towards his brothers, although they had committed such a heinous crime against him, shows us by not harboring anger towards his brothers and making the right choices to deal with his anger in a godly way, saved him, saved his brothers, and the Israelites from having a generation of anger that manifests in a bloodline. Such a different ending to what happened with the story of Cain and Abel earlier on in Genesis. Reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers never would have taken place if Joseph had harbored a rotten attitude and holding on to anger. His forgiving, kind and pleasant attitude, in spite of the horrible rejection and harsh treatment that he'd received from his brothers, opened the way for them now to be reconciled to him. Thanks, Anthony. Anthony just sent me a message saying it was Genesis 50 verse 19. Thank you, Anthony. Um, so if you wanted to look at that story, it's, it's in Genesis 50. Um, but when, when you look at the, the reconciliation from 
um, Joseph with his brothers. It's so, so, so very different to what happens with Cain. So what is the conclusion? It would seem that anger is a natural emotion. It is okay to be angry. After all, Jesus, he was righteously angry when he went into the temple and overturned the tables, tables which, which teaches us that righteous anger, it's not a sin. It's, it's okay to be angry. It's what you do with that anger that is the issue. God said, if you are angry with your brothers or sisters, you will be judged. If you say bad things to your brothers and sisters, you will be judged. Scripture says, so when you offer your gift to God at the altar and you remember that your brothers or sisters have something against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go and make peace with them, with that person, and then come and offer your gift. So you must, you must clear all of that before you offer a gift to God. I think Rich said yesterday um, that if, some, if you know somebody has something against you, it's your responsibility, which, you know, sometimes you think, well, that's not fair. It's your responsibility to go and deal with that. Go and, go and present yourself to your brother and sister and say, and say you know, I, I understand you have an issue. Let's clear it up so that you don't have that pent up anger in yourself and others don't have, to have that anger as well. And then you can bring your gift to, to God to be free from that anger. If that person doesn't want to make peace, then the fact you have tried shows a strength in you. You must move forward and pray for that person when they come into your mind, which is what, which is basically what I've done with a situation in my own life with, with my brother over the last eight years. I haven't seen him for eight years. I don't know why I've, I've emailed and I've sent an apology if I've done something wrong, but still there's nothing come back. And for quite a long time, I was angry about that. But then, you know, I had to give that to Jesus. The Holy Spirit taught me how to get over that because sometimes you're not going to, to have the understanding of what happened. But God knows your heart. He knows where you're at with it. So long as you're not free and harboring anger towards them, as long as I wasn't, so long as I'm free and not harboring anger towards my brother, then, you know, no matter what the circumstances, whether we do resolve or we don't resolve, I know that in my heart, my heart is pure for my brother and I don't hold on to anger, anger that could possibly come out on somebody completely innocent. So I think that's another reason why God wants you to, to, you know, even offer yourself, if you've not been in the wrong, offer yourself and say, look, I'm sorry if, if I've upset you, let's talk about it. If that doesn't come in, come back, then you just have to leave it and just heal from that, which is, it's not an easy thing to do. It's hard, but, you know, to have that unresolved anger in yourself would be even worse. So sometimes you just have to wait patiently and, and hope and pray that things will get resolved. Now, just like I, we have all been angry with our brothers and sisters. And I say that when I mean brothers and sisters, I also mean brothers and sisters in Christ. As you have already heard in the Bible, it says to immediately go and talk to your brothers and sisters and reconcile to stop that anger manifesting. Do you do that? If, if you know somebody is upset with you in church, um, even in other churches, you know, it doesn't have to be in your bloodline. If you, if you know someone's upset with you, do you go and confront the situation or do you just ignore it and think, oh, it's their fault. I'm not going to I'm not going to deal with it. Well, I can say. Going to someone who has wronged you and saying sorry if you have upset them when they were the ones who upset you is a very difficult thing to do. But by doing it, it's very, very powerful 
on you inside of you it's very powerful what Jesus does with that uh, the first time God asked me to do that I remember saying to the Holy Spirit which is a little bit disrespectful but you know I've just been honest are you kidding me <laughs> I'm not the one who should be apologizing why should I go to that person um, and it took quite a long time a good couple of years for me to actually listen to what the Holy Spirit asked me to do I eventually was obedient to what the Holy Spirit said. Interest in the immediate frustration that I had um, went instantly as I went and confronted the situation um, in a peaceful manner. And I quite enjoyed it. And the reason why I enjoyed it is because at that point in time, the Holy Spirit showed me the tactics of what the enemy does he doesn't want you to go and apologize to somebody when you think it's not your fault because he wants you to hold you in that anger because that anger then has other friends that come in, in like, like anxiety, fear, um, frustration, um, disbelief. There was times where I just I questioned because some of the things were so horrific that happened. I questioned whether God was real. And, you know, that's what the enemy was so happy about that. That's why he wanted me to not go and, and see what was going on. But as, as I did go and, and confront the situation, it, with it instantly, within seconds, I, I saw what the enemy's tactics were. And that's why I enjoyed that moment. Instead of having that fear, which I had initially, that, that fear turned into enjoyment because I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I've been so blind to what's been going on here. It took me a good couple of years to come and find out and apologize for something that I didn't think I'd done. Yet the enemy wanted me bound up. I mean, I was a little bit cross again because I was just thinking I've let the, the enemy hold me for years on this subject. But, you know, thankfully, eventually I listened to the Holy Spirit and it showed me, um, you know, the real reason why God wants you to confront when he asks you to. He wants you to be free. He doesn't want you being bound up by Satan. I know I have not apologized all of the time when I am not in the wrong, not because I don't want to. I think probably with that situation as well, because it was a couple of years manifesting, I didn't want to apologize because I was still quite angry. But, you know, I didn't want, I wanted to apologize, but sometimes it's because you, I needed space. I, need to, I needed to reflect, I needed to calm down. Otherwise I may have reacted and it wouldn't have ended well. So sometimes you do need to sort of hold on and think things through um, and, you know, process what's happened and process how you're going to deal with the situation. Now I know that God does not want us to go to somebody angry. We need to calm down. And I think that's why that whole reflection took a long time because it took me so long to calm down about this situation. Um, you know, he doesn't want us to go and approach people angry. He wants us to approach people from a place of freedom. If somebody's wronged you or if you've wronged them. This reaction to reflecting and calming down is something that I've been taught by the Holy Spirit in preparation for dealing with what I was angry about. The enemy really tries to make me anxious in those times. But the Holy Spirit has also taught me the enemy's tactics and led me through them, helping me to either make the choice to forgive 
move on without talking about it to the person who made me angry because some situations you might not be able to go and confront because you could put yourself in danger um so you know there, there has been times in my life where the holy spirit has prompted me not to deal with a situation because he wants to keep himself yet safe but yet you still have to forgive and move on or the holy spirit asks me to confront a situation from a place of peace so it's all about listening and hearing what the holy spirit wants you to do with your displaced anger other times especially when i know i'm in the wrong i will apologize immediately before the holy spirit taught me if I was not in the wrong, anger used to flood my body. Every single cell would be absorbed with anger, which is it's not a nice feeling at all to, to live like that continually for years. It's just, it's, it's not good. My family history is very much filled with anger. It has been a generational curse. And I decided long ago, after having my daughter, that I would not let anger from my bloodline or my ex-husband's bloodline poison her or her future or poison my new life that Jesus has given me. I drew a line and said to Satan and his demons, no more. I will not let my anger manifest and deceive me into reacting aggressively. That's where Jesus wants us. He, he, he doesn't want us to react, uh, react aggressively when we're angry about something. He wants us to be, you know, free from it. It's okay to be angry, but just instantly try and deal with that in yourself. I prayed diligently and dealt with my anger continually, which is exhausting, but I will not let a generational curse of anger grow in my daughter or her future. The Holy Spirit and I have cut off anger in bloodlines, which stops at me and my ex-husband, which is exactly what Joseph did for his bloodline. He cut that off for his bloodline and for the Israelites, which is a really powerful thing that he did. And I've cut off anger and it it does not, in Jesus' name, have the authority to return unless I let it return. So although I'm free from behaving how I used to, I still have to be cautious. I can't let it return. There are times, even recently, where I've gone to go to that place and I'm like, no, no. It's about praying. It's about bringing the Holy Spirit in for you to be released from that anger. So... Why does God want us to be free from reacting to anger? Before I answer that question, I'll tell you what anger actually does to your body because anger has a very negative effect on your body. And I know this um, because my body has been affected by anger. I've had a few ailments over the last three years um, and I've gone to the Holy Spirit with it and... I've changed certain things in my life, how I deal with things. I've changed my diet. I've changed how I respond to people. Um, but unfortunately, you know, a lot of the changing of, of, being, of responding to people, people in anger, I internalized it. Instead of dealing with it, I internalized it, which has had a detrimental effect on how I, I can use my hands um, and stuff. It's, it's, I've had a few elements, like I said, and it, it is from anger. Um, but I've had anger for many, many years. Not every now and again, a little burst of anger, but constant anger inside my mind. The battle that I had in my mind with anger has been ongoing for years. Um, but the effects it has on your body, your cardiovascular system, your heart rate goes through the roof. Your blood pressure goes up. 
um, your blood glucose levels go up, blood fatty acid cells go up as well, which clog your arteries um, and your blood vessels. Um, when these symptoms become chronic, which it did in my case, blood vessels become clogged and damaged. This can lead to strokes and heart attacks. So, you know, God got me before that place and he showed me what I was doing to my body with the anger that I had inside of me. Um, other things like your immune system isn't as strong. So you, you pick up allergies and stuff, which I've suffered with from year, for years. Your, you, your immune system does not work well with anger either. Um, too much cortisol with decreased serotonin um, affects you as well. That's the hormone that makes you happy. A decrease in serotonin can make you feel angry, pain more easily, as well as increased aggressive behavior and lead to depression, which I've suffered with for so many years. You know, the serotonin glands at the back of your neck, it's only very small and it releases um, serotonin into your body to make you have those feelings of happiness. But the anger drains it, it dries it out. Anger will dry your whole body out. So you have to be really careful and, and deal with that stuff. Why would God want all of that to happen to your body? He doesn't. He doesn't. That's why he doesn't want you to stay angry. But Satan does. Satan wants you in that place. He wants to keep you there. He wants to keep you in that place where you just feel so cross. Um, but the Holy Spirit will deal with it with, for you. Or not for you, with you. It's something you have to make a choice to do. I also believe the fire of hell comes from unresolved anger in your body that causes evil reactions and releases the fire of hell in your body, which is then put onto others. Do not let Satan do that to you because it is so not a nice place to be. Um, scriptures say, be angry. You are allowed to be angry, but do not sin with that anger. Do not let that sun, the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. So unresolved anger gives place to evil. That's exactly what Cain did. He let his unresolved anger give place to evil. Joseph didn't. Joseph, he reconciled. He loved his brothers. He helped them. He saved them. And he also saved the, the whole bloodline from it, the Israelites. Anger that is without a just cause is enough to place one in the dangers of the fire of hell. And I believe the fire of hell is inside of us when we get to that place where we shouldn't be with anger. Um, it reminded me of uh, when I wrote when I wrote this little bit, it reminded me of um, years ago, there was a program when I was a child, which is many years ago now, um, The Incredible Hulk. And at the beginning of the, you know, as it leads into the actual program, they would show, was it Bruce Banner, Rich? I think it was Bruce Banner. Um, we had this conversation earlier and I've forgotten. It was Bruce Banner and they would show him as a normal human being like you and I. But then when he got angry, it went, the, the camera sort of went inside his body and showed like his blood turning green and his blood pumping around and the adrenaline pumping around his body a hundred miles an hour. The aggressiveness that come from that, he turned into this monster who just destroyed things because he was so angry. So that was the visual that I got of me with my anger, that I was destroying my body. I was changing my body into something that I shouldn't be changing it into. Um, 
And I think that is the reason why God does not want you to stay angry. He does not want hell's fire in you because you're in Jesus. He does not want for you to unleash hell's fire onto others because you are then releasing the enemy from you rather than releasing the love of Jesus. As Christians, we are to show Jesus, not hell's fire. And that, in my opinion, is why God does not want us to be angry. However, the world, being angry, the world is so accepting of that. Even when I used to be such an angry person, people would be like, oh, don't mess with her. And I'll be proud that people would think that of me because I was, I was protecting myself from other people hurting me. But that all came from fear. But people would be like, no, don't mess with her. That's, that's embarrassing to, to think of that now. But the world says it's okay to be like that. The world says it's okay to be angry. And you do, you hear people being boastful about being angry. Oh my gosh, you know, they won't mess with me. And that's, that's so opposite to what, how Jesus wants us to live. The world says it's okay to hold on to that anger and do stuff with it. And Jesus says, no, it's not. It's really, really not. I don't want you to feel those feelings inside your body. I don't want you to get to that place where you can't deal with things, where you're constantly thinking about anger all the way through the night, being woken up in the middle of the night. There's no, no way that Jesus wants us to feel like that. And I think that's why he talks about anger so much. I think he talks about anger so much. I think it was about 56 times in the New Testament. So, you know, there's a reason why he's saying that. We don't want to have, he doesn't want us to feel like that. He wants you to live in peace. He does not want you to live in anger. Don't live in anger. I lived in anger so long. He wants you to, he wants you to show the love of Jesus, not what the enemy wants to show from your unresolved anger. He does not want your body to be used as a vessel for anger, then for it to evoke such a fierce anger that you kill just like Cain. And, you know, even those thoughts in your mind, there was times where I, in, in something had happened uh, with somebody in my life and it was just awful what happened. And in my mind, I was killing. It was horrible. I would have fights in my mind. And that, when you're thinking like that, it actually happens. Your body is going through that, that process. You don't want your body going through that process. You don't want to do what Cain done. Even if you don't take that knife to somebody or hit, I think Cain killed his brother with a stone, you know, taking that stone to somebody, that's just, you know, that's the enemy. That's not God. That's the enemy. He wants us to be just like Joseph, gracious, forgiving. So start today to resolve anger to be released from the fire of hell inside your body it's so important that you know it's never too late never too late to start something anew I know that anger I used to have inside of me was explosive just like a volcano erupting just like the fire of hell which was flowing through my veins just like the incredible hulk scenario and poisoning my body which I then internalized before I made the choice to listen to the Holy Spirit, the fire of hell nearly destroyed my body, but the Holy Spirit has had other ideas and is healing me even as I sit here today. My physical ailments come from the fire of hell. They come from Satan in my body and they nearly destroyed me, but no more, no more in Jesus' name. I'm not having it. Do you react to anger? 
Is that something you do? Do you react or do you deal with it straight away? If you react to anger, then pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you to deal with it. Not just for you, but for your family and for your future generations. The opposite of anger is peace and calmness. So search that peace rather than the anger. Proverbs 29.11 says, fools give full vent to their rage. Fools. I was a fool for so long, but the wise bring calm in the end. I'm not a fool anymore. I'm wise because the Holy Spirit has taught me to be wise. Be wise. Invest time with the Holy Spirit to help you. He is waiting. He is your best teacher. Remember, anger is not a sin. It's what you do with that anger. That's a sin. You have the power in the name of Jesus by having the Holy Spirit as your teacher, by having your father looking over you from heaven, who sends his warrior angels to protect you, to overcome unresolved anger. Do not be a puppet to Satan and his reaction to letting anger manifest inside of you and your body. Be free from anger in Jesus and live a life of testimony to his amazing peace and love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.